This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 172. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to split test your book covers, your blurbs, and your book titles using Facebook ads. Where's this idea come from, Thomas? This question comes from one of our patrons, Mary Hamilton, who asked in the Facebook group on this week's podcast, just several weeks ago, uh, Thomas talked about A-B testing. Uh, If you haven't already, could you do an episode on that? I get the idea generally, but I don't quite understand how it's set up. And when I read her question, I was realizing several other people had asked similar questions, uh, several other patrons, actually. And I just assumed that everyone knew how to do this. (laughs) And as I've thought about it, I'm like, you know what? That is not a safe assumption. In fact, we should probably explain what a split test is. Uh, It is, in short, a technique so advanced, many traditional publishers don't even use it. I was at a writer's conference, um, I guess last year, the year before that, and one of the top publishers, one of the big five, I was talking with their marketing team, and I was talking about this technique, and they looked at me, and they were like, that's amazing. We'd never (laughs) thought of that. And they're like taking notes on how to do it. Uh, It's this powerful. But it's not, this is not a new technique. This has been around for a while. So it's definitely something that has proven its worth over time. And we're pretty excited to teach you guys the nuances of it. That's right. In fact, this technique's actually been around for 70 years, I think. It was first uh, developed in, I think, the 1950s with uh, direct mail marketing. So what they would do is they would create two versions of a sales letter. So let's say they were selling encyclopedias, right? What's a big popular product to sell in anything? They'd sell encyclopedias and they would sell a letter to some people and it would be letter A and they would give them 1-800 number A and then they would send it to another uh, group of people and they would give them 1-800 number B. So there was two different phone numbers to call and they'd have two different versions of the letter and they would see which phone call got called more often. And then they would go with that better version and they try to beat the better version. And so every year that letter would get better and better written as they were using science to figure out what actually worked. And now you can do it so easily on Facebook. So um, I do want to say, though, that a, a split test is not the same as a survey. Some of you may be thinking, oh, yeah, you just ask your uh, fans on Facebook or your friends on Facebook, hey, which book cover do you like the best? And they Uh, look at the book covers and they tell you which one they like the best. That is not what we're recommending because that is actually not a good method for getting good scientific data as to what works. Jim, why is that? Why can't you just ask your fans? Yeah, you just can't do it. It's the same as focus groups. Focus groups used to be a big deal. Let's let's have a focus group. And I was involved when my ad agency was going full force. I was involved in these and you'd stand behind the two-way mirror and you'd see these people respond to questions and that kind of thing. Sorry, focus groups do not give you the best information. Same thing with surveys do not give you the best information because they are influenced. You're you're people pay close attention. Ooh, it looks like B is being voted for a lot more than A. I think I'm going to go with uh, cover A on that. We we are influenced by our peers around us. We really can't get away from that. We want real world results, right? Um, so what people like and what people click on are not the same. And you had this, sorry to go political for a moment on you, but that you had this whole phenomenon, phenomenon in our last presidential election where it's like, People did not want to admit that they voted for Donald Trump. 
And yet they did. So they'd kind of whisper it, right? Well, the same thing on any kind of survey, something as big as that or something as small as this. So the real world is really the key. And the problem with a focus group, the problem with a survey is that people are paying a lot of attention to your book cover because they're your friend and they're taking the survey and they want to make sure and give you helpful information. But that's not what the real world is like. The real world, your book is being showed on Amazon in a context where there's maybe a dozen other covers. Maybe there's a, a hundred covers all around it. Will your cover pop in that context? Now, if only there was a way, a place with lots of noise where your book could complete compete with that visual noise just like it would on Amazon. Oh, wait, it's called Facebook, <laughs> right? So a Facebook ad for your book cover, for your book title or your book blurb to pop on Facebook, that suddenly is much more like a real test. And the other reason why surveys aren't very good is you're only asking a few hundred people, whereas the split testing method we're about to teach you, you can test your ideas on tens of thousands of people uh, very quickly and very inexpensively. Uh, I do this uh, to test images, especially if I'm not sure. I'll run some ads and I'll test them. And it's often very enlightening how much better some ads will do than others. Uh, so uh, the three things that you can test with this method are the title. So if you have two or three different title ideas, you can test to see which title gets the best clicks, the most clicks. Uh, the most famous book title that was uh, developed this way is The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It became a runaway New York Times number one bestseller or an international bestseller, I'm not sure if it's number one, but it sold millions and millions of copies. And the way that he got the right title was he tested them using advertisements like the kind we're going to say to do on Facebook ads. Uh, the other thing that you can do is book covers. So let's say your designer sends you three book covers. You like them all, but you're not sure which one is the best. You can very easily test different book covers and you can test different book blurbs. Uh, not big paragraphs, just like a sentence. <laughs> so, because remember, you got to be able to fit it on a Amazon ad. Blurbs are the hardest to test because of the limitations in terms of uh, space. So titles and covers are more important to test and easier to test uh, on Facebook. Here's why this is such a good idea. You're just one person, right? And if you love the cover, then you absolutely know that you have a good shot at selling one person. But we want to sell more than one person. We want to sell more than you. And then if you show it to your spouse, maybe two people like it and you show it to three, it's just not enough. I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, Thomas, but I think any kind of survey, you need to hit at least 100 people before it even starts to get accurate. And the benchmark is you need at least 400 people before you can get to that plus or minus error factor. So really asking your friends and family and asking friends on Facebook, it's just not enough people. Even if you get 70 people, and I'll see this happen on Facebook a lot. Hey, what cover do you like better? And it's 80 respondents and you feel like, wow, I've gotten a huge sample size and you really have not. Um, and, and again, why this is so important is because a good title or a good image can make the difference between a book succeeding and failing. And we're too close to it. Um, we like to say, this is one of the things I've said for years, is it's hard to read the label when you're standing inside the bottle. And you're standing inside the bottle of your own book. You just don't have that perspective. You're too close to it. And it's too important to leave it to chance. Right. It really is often the difference between success and failure. If people are not excited by your title, they won't listen to anything more about your book and your 
book is dead on arrival potentially based off of that factor alone, which is really unfortunate. And it's not hard to do. It's not expensive to do. So let's kind of give you an idea of the big picture of how it works. I'll give you some principles and then I'm going to take you step by step how to do it, where you can create this yourself and create a split test. So you can start adding some science to your art. I know uh, people are allergic to science, but it, it can be your friend if you use it correctly. So uh, big picture, you're going to create two versions of the same advertisement on Facebook, targeting the same group of people. So everything about these ads is identical. And then you're going to change just one thing about the second ad. So it's the same cover, but maybe a different title, or it's the same title, but maybe a different cover. And you're going to run both ads at the same time to the same group of people. So maybe there's a group that you've identified on Facebook of 100,000 potential readers that are the kind of people you think would read this book. Uh, you want to show that bucket of 100,000 people both ads and which and then Facebook will run both ads at the same time. And you'll be able to see ad number A is got 10,000 views and it got 100 clicks and ad number B got 10,000 views and it got 200 clicks. And you're like, oh, OK, well, ad B with the B change is the more effective ad, which is why this is sometimes called A-B testing. So there's split testing, A-B testing. There's another way to do this called multivariate testing, where you're testing lots of things all at once. Don't do that if you don't have a degree in statistics, because multivariate testing makes the math like a million times more complicated. Whereas when you're just splitting, split testing version A and version B, all you have to do is look at one number. It makes it a lot easier. And I would say expect to spend about $50 per test to show it to enough people to get back um, valid results. So two principles for success. Test one thing at a time. So if you're wanting to test the titles and the covers, test the titles first, get the better title, and then test the covers and get the better cover. Don't test them all at the same time. Uh, and then the second is make sure to test it on the right people. So if you're writing a book that's targeted at 50-year-old women, you want to make sure that only 50-year-old women are seeing your ad, not 14-year-old boys. <laughs> because a 14-year-old boy liking or not liking the ad poisons the data because uh, that um, that person's not going to click. And uh, so that's something to keep in mind. All right, so let's take you through the steps. Jim, are you ready? This is one of our more technical episodes. So this is kind of a risk. So let me know if you like these kind of episodes. <laughs> yeah, go slow, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go slow. So step one is create a page on your website that you want people to be sent to. So this ad needs to send people somewhere. And this doesn't really matter because the goal isn't actually to get people to your website. Uh, and in a pinch, you can just use your homepage. Now, the advanced way of doing this is you create a landing page on your website where somebody can sign up to buy the book or maybe sign up to get your lead magnet, join your newsletter, so that the people who do click, while getting them to your website isn't the goal, hey, you're spending money to get them to your website, you might as well try to get them on your newsletter. So that's, that's step one. And again, you can just use your homepage if you want. The next step is you go to facebook.com forward slash business and you click the button that says create ad. Um, Facebook puts this button all over so you can get there from your Facebook um, page as well. Uh, Facebook makes it very easy to click create ad. But this you're wanting to create an ad. You're not wanting to boost post. Uh, boost post takes you to a totally different area where nothing is right. <laughs> so that, this is the first um, thing you need to make sure you're going to the create ad interface. 
And uh, once you click create ad, it's going to ask you, what do you want this ad to do? Do you want more Facebook likes? Do you want more engagement on your page? You want to select the option that says get more website visitors. This will allow you to send people to your website or to a page on your website that's your landing page. And so then this is going to pull up the Facebook ad editor. It's going to ask you to upload the photo that you want. Every ad needs a photo. Um, so even if you're just testing the title, you're going to want to put a photo there. Uh, and you can, if you don't have a book cover yet, if you're just testing the titles, you can use a stock photo. You can use a photo of yourself. Uh, it doesn't really matter as long as it's the same across um, both ads and it's somewhat relevant. Uh, you're going to want to pick an audience and how there's a lot of different approaches to picking an audience, but I like to build it up from people who like similar things. So if I write books that are similar to James L. Rubart, I will want to target people who like James L. Rubart. Or if I write books that are similar to Ted Decker, I want to target people who've liked Ted Decker on Facebook. And uh, it's kind of hit and miss as to which authors are targetable, their audience is targetable. I used to think that there was some rule that somebody had to have at least 5,000 fans for their fans to be targetable, but there were pages with over 100,000 fans that I couldn't target and people with very small that I could. And so that seemed to be uh, no rule. But the goal here is that you're one as focused and as tight an audience as you can get um, that's related to your book that also simultaneously has as many people in it as possible. So target the fans of the best-selling authors in your category is probably the, the best rule of thumb here. And, and I would recommend having an audience of at least 25,000 people, but no more than a million people. Because uh, once you get over a million, you're, you're outside of your specific audience and you're getting to the ripples. So your book may sell to the ripples, but only if you make a really big splash on your core target. And your tar core target's not going to be more than a million. So you go through all of that, you create your ad, you've added the title, you've added the photo, you've added the blurb, you've picked your audience, you click publish. Your ad is now live. Uh, the next step is to open up the Facebook Ads Manager, and we'll have a link to this in the show notes. Uh, and it may take you there on the next step. Uh, Facebook's interface is always changing, so I don't want to give too specific instructions because it will break. But ultimately, you want to end up at the Facebook Ads Manager, and it will show your ad running there all by itself, all alone. And what you want to do is click the button underneath that ad that says duplicate, and you want to duplicate that ad. So now you have two copies of that ad running side by side, and then you click uh, test, or sorry, edit on that second ad, and you tweak what it is that you're going to tweak, either the book cover or the title or the blurb. The temptation is to change all three. But the problem is if you test more than one thing at a time, you don't know what it was that made the difference. So was it the new title or was it the new book or book cover? Or maybe the title helped, but the book cover hurt. And you, it just adds noise to the data and you can't tell. So test just one thing at a time. You change just that one thing. And then you let the ads run concurrently and you want to spend at least $25 per ad. Uh, and the I will say the bigger your audience is, the cheaper it tends to be to show it to more people. And Facebook will show it to tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. And you'll get, start to get data on which ad got the more clicks. And you want to get, I'm going to say, at least 10 clicks for each ad before you know you've got really strong data. Uh, so the the more money you spend, the more people who look at the ad, the more people who click on the ad, the more confident you can be about um, 
the fact that you have statistically relevant data. But whatever you do, it's going to be better than surveying your friends. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I have done this. Uh, I've done these tests. And I'm always um, disappointed that the ad that I personally like, the cover that I personally like, the art that I personally like is not the one liked by the greatest number of people. And I've had to just come to grips to the fa- with the fact that Thomas Umstadt is too weird to be useful. <laughs> so whether or not I like something does not indicate whether or not that thing will be popular. <laughs> I'm too weird. And if you are weird, you have to realize that your opinion is probably just as invalid as mine is. You've got to test on bigger audiences as a check. It doesn't mean that I am, I'm not a North Star. So if I don't like it, it doesn't mean that it's popular. I was working with a nonprofit. I did um, Facebook ads for them. And the guy who ran it was a former NASA scientist, brilliant man. And he was smart enough to know that he was a North Star in the sense that if he didn't like it, it was probably going to be popular. And if he did like it, it probably was going to be <laughs> unpopular. So he was he were a South Star, perhaps. He could just do the inverse of what his natural inclinations were. Uh, I, I'm not even useful that way. Sometimes I like things that are popular, right? I like the Avengers and Marvel and <laughs> popular movies. And so I just realized I can't use my own opinion. And I use this method of creating an ad duplicating the ad, changing one thing in that ad to see what is actually resonating with the audience. Okay, Thomas, I can hear people out there going, all right, it makes sense. I want my book to have the best shot at being successful, but what do I have to spend? You said 50, you said 25. Do I have to spend $400 on this? Give people an idea of what they need to budget to do something like this. Yeah, so you're going to want to spend $25 on uh, ad A and $25 on ad B for a total of about $50. For each of the three. For each test. Yeah. So if you wanted to test two different titles, it would be $50 to test. If you wanted to test three titles, what I would do is I would pick title A and title B and run a test against those. And then let's say title B1 in title B beat title A, and you want to test title three, you do a second test for another $50 to run title B against title C. And you can create a bracket system if you wanted. So if you wanted to test four titles, you could run ads that are A and B running against each other, and then B and C running against each other. And then the winners of that bracket go on to compete head to head to see which title is the most effective title. Uh, You can go crazy with testing and you can spend a lot of money doing this if you test lots of things. Right. Because if you're testing a blurb and you're testing a cover and you're testing a title, the the money can add up. Right. If it were me, I would just test the title and the cover uh, unless I really had some budget. I probably wouldn't test the blurb uh, because it's harder uh, since people don't pay as much attention to that little text in the ad. uh, You're going to have to run more ads. And you're going to get the same data because people are making a decision on the title and the image more. Um, But yeah, there's potentially some cost here, but it could make the difference between a book that sells hundreds of copies and a book that sells thousands of copies. If you have one winning title and one losing title and you don't know which is which, um, it can be very, very effective way of testing. So it's probably not something you're going to do on every single thing that you do, but certainly on that book where you go, this is an important book. I want this to do well. It is worth the money invested. That's right. And another thing to keep in mind is that these are ads that are bringing people to your website. So there is a chance that they could help pay for themselves, so to speak. So some of those people who click the ad and come to your landing page and sign up for your newsletter and go on to buy the book when it comes out 
or buy your other books, you it may bring in a little bit of money back. I, I don't think it'll wash its face. These ads won't wash their faces in the sense that for effective advertising, if this were the Facebook advertising episode, we'd say your landing page has to match the uh, ads. So if you're offering you know, the book, the landing page needs to say the exact thing as the title of the book. And so you need to create two landing pages, one for version A, one for version B. It's too much work, not for $50 ad. So it doesn't make sense. You, you don't want to do that. Just have a page where they might do something if they click. And um, who knows, you, you could introduce yourself to some new readers. People have heard your name and seen your names. There's some branding benefit of people like, oh, James L. Rubart, I've heard of him somewhere. They don't remember they saw him in a Facebook ad. So there are some advantages to advertising. But yeah, there, this is a cost. You know, Doing science takes money. It's not free. <laughs> it is not. Our sponsor of the Novel Marketing Podcast for this episode is my book table created by our very own Thomas Umstadt Jr. And it's a way to easily and quickly build an online bookstore on your WordPress website. You can use it to rank number one on Google for your book and to boost your book sales on sites like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And you can get it for the extremely affordable price of free at mybooktable.com. And if you want to go to the pro version and you are a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, which we would love all of you to be, you can save what, Thomas, 25%? That's right. Patrons get 25% off. And one of the features of the pro version actually is being able to create a landing page for your book. Uh, so there's a landing page mode is one of the pro features. So you can very quickly make a landing page for your book, even if your book is not out yet. If it's available for pre-order, you can make a landing page for it. And it makes it a great companion. If you're doing advertising on Facebook, you're sending people to your landing page for your book as opposed to just a traditional book page uh, may increase your sales somewhat. So with the pro version, can you create a landing page that works for the A-B testing then? You could actually. Uh, you could create a, an A landing page and a B landing page. Uh, so yeah, you could come to think of it, you could do that with my book table and it would save you some time <laughs> because uh, my book table makes it so fast uh, to make that page. It's still more work though than making just one page. So it's up to you whether, you know, for some people, $50 is a fortune. They're like, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to find $50 to do this test. And for other people, $50 is no big deal uh, to do a test. So depending on who you are, if you're like, man, I'm going to spend the $50, I have to talk with my uh, wife about it and she's got to be okay. I want to try to get as much of that money back. And so spending some extra time making a landing page to, you know, squeeze a little bit of pennies out of that makes sense. Whereas if you're really busy, you're more cash rich than time rich, it may make sense to just do the ads and send people to your homepage. So so that that's up to you. Because the goal really of this method is not to advertise to strangers and get them to buy your book. The goal is to test your ideas to see if they resonate with your audience. Nice. All right. Well, you uh, have been listening to James L. Rupert and Thomas Umstead Jr. on a nerdy episode of the Novel Marketing <laughs> Podcast. Details. <laughs> yeah, getting into the technical details. Uh, if you don't like this episode, let me know and I, you won't hurt my feelings. You can leave your comments on our Facebook group. But anyway, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.